Hey, this is Sean Higgins. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should listen to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacy O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a new and found and dear friend, Sean Higgins. Sean is an author, a speaker, a coach, and a serial entrepreneur, something that we both have in common. And I bet you he's a lot like me and doesn't eat cereal. And a <laughs> philanthropist who has been in the real estate and financial services industry for over three decades. I think he knows a lot about what he's doing. How about you? Sean has dedicated his life to teaching individuals the simplicity of building wealth and has taught over half a million students. Sean is an avid world traveler and an accomplished landscape and wildlife photographer. Sean's greatest passion is to mentor entrepreneurs on how to build generational wealth. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation. He's a phenomenal man, human being, entrepreneur, professional, and expert. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or independent sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business, in your life, or maybe you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, to take you, your business, your income, your bank account, and your life to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will see if we're a good fit for each other. Let's do this. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me. This is really nice. And oh, getting to I, know you, I think there's a lot of, you're right, I don't eat cereal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell everybody all the time I'm a cereal entrepreneur. I own uh, two seven figure businesses and six six figure businesses. And don't confuse cereal with cereal. Because just because I'm addicted to helping people and building businesses does not mean I like to eat asphalt. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of getting to know you over this short period of time that, that, that we've met and chatted and you're just, you've got such an incredible story. You know, Sean, whatever got you into, well, where do we start? Generational wealth, tax lien certificates, what got you into entrepreneurism? As I've been doing this for 30 years and, and I've worked with a lot of people, you know, and you and I talked off camera about this, you know, some people are just born to do some certain things. I was really, I mean, there was a restaurant when I was a kid that was for sale 
And I was trying to figure out, I was eight. And I was trying to tell my dad that we should call the phone number because we could probably make some really good food there and make some money, you know, and he's looking, and he's an engineer worked on at Vandenberg on the, on the Minuteman missile thing that was not in his wheelhouse at all, <laughs> you know? So, you know, there's a little bit of that, you know, but it also was just opportunity. Um, you know, as you probably are not employable, either was I uh, real quickly, you know, I worked at a, um, started off as a deal in a dealership at a Datsun dealership. Wow. Yeah. Pre-Nissan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pre-Nissan. And, you know, I, you know, long story short, I was in a real bad motorcycle accident. You know, my first uh, week in city college, just not knowing what I want to do is the reason I was at city college. I'm like, I just didn't know where I was going to go. And uh, my mom had to take care of me. My brother was an F&I manager there. And that thing's, that's where things really took off. Mm -hmm. I was at, I was at a really good dealership that had a really good sales training program. I was really good at it. Um, you know, I literally was living at my grandmother's walking two and a half miles. Now I live in California, so it wasn't in snow, but, uh, it was uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned some really good sales stuff and I've just met some really good people and, and things blew from there. I don't know if you remember that movie, uh, with Will Smith, um, Pursuit of uh, Happiness, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I had the I had the pleasure of actually speaking with Chris, the the individual he played in that in in, in Malaysia. We he and I were at a conference that we were with the keynote speakers uh, several years ago, and just an, an incredible individual. But that scene where Will Smith, a guy, drives up in the Ferrari, and he says, "I got." I got a question. What do you do and how do you do it? He says, I'm a stockbroker. That, that was kind of my experience. Um, somebody came to the dealership later on. I was a little older and uh, a few years and, and, and he was buying his wife a beautiful car and, and uh, paying cash for it. And she had the rock of Gibraltar on her hand. I was like, you know, what do you do? You know? And he said he was a stockbroker. I'm like, dude, that's what I wanted to be. You know what I mean? But I got this accident, you know, and he goes, you'd be really good at it. I'm like, yeah, I didn't go to finish school. I want to go back because I was still young, you know, and uh, lo and behold, five days later, he called me up and said, yeah, I had an interview uh, oh, with wow. the uh, deal. And, and that's a fun story within itself, but that's how it started. Um, I got the job um, within six months. I was their youngest manager. I loved it. I was like, you know, it was amazing to me. And then from there, I started getting my credentials of financial planning and, and what have you. I went to New York Life and I got a little disillusioned, to be honest with you, um, as you and I talked about the whole corporate thing. Um, I almost made rookie of the year at New York Life, um, but there was a, a kid there that had come over from another agency that brought all of his clients over. So he qualified as a rookie. And I'm like, how is that possible? You, he's all he did is so he beat me out, but I was going to de dealerships because it was in my wheelhouse and rolling over their retirement accounts. And I realized that if I didn't do the company line, in other words, if I didn't tote their product, um, not a lot of accolades, not a lot of support. And that's when I found out about tax liens and uh, properties, and, and it went against my grade. I mean, sixteen percent mandated by the government. 18% mandated by the government. I was like, no way. And I went down and I looked into it. I'm like, holy crap. Did I say crap? You did. That's okay. Thank you. So <laughs> I, I said worse. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is real. And, <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments that I went, I got to go all in. Mm -hmm. 
And I did. And, uh, you know, I think, as you know, teaching other people how to do something is the greatest opportunity to accelerate at anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's happened to me. I had to teach people how to invest in property tax liens. And pretty soon somebody told me to put a book together. And, you know, here we are. You know, that was 1995. Um, I've spoke in every continent except for Antarctica. My most bizarre place I've ever spoke was on a boat going down the Nile. And it was only because I was I was at a conference and I was featured, but I wasn't there about tax lien certificates. It was more about business, um, uh, you know, running a business, things to look out for. And then everybody realized who I was and asked if I would do a presentation. So I did it on the top of the deck wow. of the boat yeah. with people holding towels so they could see my computer screen because the sun I'd taken my mom on that and I did over $87,000 in sales on that one little presentation. Oh, that's incredible. So it was fun. <laughs> you know, the more, the more we teach, the more we train, the more we help other people, the more we learn, you know, yes. the learn, do teach model. And, yes. and, and people fail to realize that when you learn something, go out and do it immediately. And then when you do it, go out and show other people how to do it and you learn it more. You know, I had a, my, my brother one time said to me, and, you know, we had had a couple of beers and he says, you know, Sean, sometimes it just pisses me off. You read the, the inside cover of a book and then you do a conference on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, I don't know if that's totally true. But I mean, I, I do have an ability of getting people excited about what it is that I'm doing. But, mm -hmm. you know, what I find is if you love something, why would you not share it with other people? Yeah. And, and that's really what it comes down to. And, and I also learned that not everybody wants, you know, like I, I, I was telling you earlier, success. And success means something different for everybody. I mean, you could be a school teacher your whole life. And if you're successfully saving money, you're going to be fine. And that's success because we need that. Um, you know, and I'm going to say I learned this because of my properties. Um, back in the 90s, I was getting a bunch of properties. One of the things I do is, you know, I'll go in and get a property. You know, like, for instance, I just got one for $30,000. And it's, you know, $200,000 property. Well, there was renters in. And the first thing I do is I contact the renters and I say, you know, I'm in no danger of kicking you out. And I offer them to buy it. 98% um, of the time they say no. In mm -hmm. the beginning, that was really odd for me. I thought that that was the American dream. And it was um, because they know I want to be a renter. And I mean, I, that, that's not what their words were, Stacey, right. any stretch, but that's what they wanted to do. And and I, I just, I couldn't, I, I mean, it was several years for me to get my mind wrapped around why wouldn't somebody want to buy it? Yeah. And uh, there was an old lady in Clearwater, Florida. She almost grabbed my ear. You know, she was the renter. She was one of those people. And, and she says, let me tell you something. And she told me all this stuff. All I want to do is do this and do that. And make sure and this and that. I said, make me a list of what needs to be fixed. I'll get it fixed. And, and she wouldn't send me a check. I had to send somebody by to pick up the cash. Mm -hmm. That's the way she dealt with it. But And wow. I realized at that point, that's what people need. So I was on a panel, I'm going to say in 2004 or five, and there was about 2,000 people in the audience. And, and I was one of the panelists and they were asking about, you know, home ownership. That was when that big push was going for everybody's yeah. going to buy a home. And yeah. I said, not everybody should have a home. Mm -hmm. And I got some really, some sneering comments from the audience. Oh, you know, from the audience, like, oh, wait a second. I said, that doesn't mean everybody does, shouldn't have the opportunity, but not everybody wants to. Yeah, yeah. And I think we saw that in the big 
collapse in 2008 and 9, there were a lot of people that shouldn't have been buying a house, but they just did because the opportunity presented itself that that didn't um, probably we shouldn't have put them in that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it it has to do with people's belief systems. It has to do with their, their false income ceilings. It has to do with, with their relationship with money and their money mindset. I mean, relationship with money. I love that. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of factors involved. You know, I, I invest in real estate and, and, and for me, there are people out there that, that, I'm going to say in air quotes, just want to be renters. And there's no, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But Stacey, for people like you and I, I know you struggled with that in the beginning. I mean, when you see that, you see, but, 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 you know, again, with my teaching, uh, there's a different way. (laughs) Like like, get away from me, crazy person, you know? And uh, you know, you just got to realize that that's okay. You know, one of the things you and I have so much more in common that I really even think you're not aware of yet. And we were talking offline. So, so I apologize, listeners, I promise you we'll, we'll connect all the dots. (laughs) We, we were talking offline about how important mindset is. And, you know, I I think anything in life is 90% mindset, 10% action, anything in life. And and because if you don't, if you have action that isn't backed by a strong mindset, then you're going to spray and pray, show up and throw up, and your results are going to be limited to your belief system. And our belief systems attached to our value system. And what happens is people don't realize that uh, there are all these different value levels out there, value level thinking, and the values level thinking dictates what's important to people and what's not important to people. And whatever's important to people, those values are clustered by a belief system. And this is what makes us so different, so unique as humanity. And it's impossible to put people in a box because you can't say, oh, well, everybody belongs in this box because they all think differently. And I I learned a long time ago that success isn't easy. It's simple. And it's simple because it's a science. Yeah, it it is easy, but it's not simple. Yeah, I I just, I love that statement. Flip it around. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not easy. It's simple. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and what you were saying there is absolutely true. You know, I, I, I talked to this this weekend, actually, you know, I, I eat my own cooking without throwing up. I mean, I, I do this stuff, <laughs> yeah. Stacey. And yeah. so I was, um, you know, as you know, I'm a little new in this whole podcast arena. Um, um, I've got a web or what do you call that? The YouTube channel that I just started. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, it's already blown past 30,000 views. So I'm pretty excited about that. But, awesome. you know, I was talking with an interview and I thought about it this weekend. So, you know, I'm launching this whole new campaign, not campaign, um, a learning process for the tax liens and tax deeds right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the universe wants to help you. Yep. Okay. Let's just put that. I don't care how, who you are, God, yeah. universe, the grid, you know, whatever you want to say, they can't help you if you don't even have clarity around what you want. Exactly. I spent six hours on Saturday and I turned off my phone. It's a beautiful day now, springtime. That's my daughter told me I had my seven-year-old told me I had to wear a happy shirt today, daddy. (laughs) And um, I spent six hours literally walking through 
my client's shoes. And if it was 25 years ago, I went in a time machine, what exactly would we be providing for them with all this new technology out there? Mm-hmm. And I lit, no, not, no, no assistance, no, nobody, just me and my whiteboard. Yep. And I just went through it methodically. And what happens is, and my team and I got together yesterday morning, we went through that, but now they all know what I need. The universe needs what I need. So when somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I've got this opportunity, I'm not going to go, that's really weird. I was, no, it's not weird. Because what happens is chaos pursues, if I'm just going to go, I'm going to go out there and and teach tax lien certificates in a different format. They're like, like on sandstone or what are we talking about? Smoke signals. You know, I was so clear on everything that I wanted and I put it in an organized fashion that we could all look at. Everybody knows what it is. And, and is, as you know, anal as that is, that's what you and I are talking about with whether it's a sales process. And then also that goes back to sell without selling. Yeah. Because when you have that, the, the opportunity that you're, prospective client or, or prospect needs present itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's right in front of you because you, know. you see it because you know what your product has, you know what it is. And back to what we were saying earlier, not everybody needs a house. You stop selling people that don't need your product. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you just hit several huge points. I'd like to unwind it for our listeners. So point number one, the number one rule of sales is this, sell them what they want, deliver what they need. That's the number one point of sales. Now, the number one point of selling without selling is you have to. This is a necessity. You have to do the inner work for the outer to ever work. That is just plain and simple because if you don't, what happens is you have zero strategy, you have zero concept, you're just showing up, throwing up, spraying and praying. You, you really aren't clear on the specifics of your avatar, your prospective future client. You show up with the anybody, everybody, which always means nobody. And when you get clear, so clear that you can see them, you know their behaviors, you understand them, you understand their pain points, their problems. What happens is you can talk about their problem so much so that they hear you, they see you, they know you understand them and you feel right to them because you're talking about the problem so much, they finally believe you understand it. And if you understand the problem, then they believe you understand how to solve it. Solve it. Yeah. I mean, that's so, that's such a great statement, Stacey. So one of the things that I do when I'm doing my YouTube stuff is um, I've got my avatar. His name is David and her name is Brenda. Hmm. And you know what? They're, they're 45 to 55 years old. They've got good careers. Um, They're looking for extra income. They also have a calculator and they realize what they're doing is not going to get them where they need to be financially. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and they're, they're, they're looking for something. And I think that there's a big, I I know that there's a big drive for self control Mm -hmm. of your destiny that's going on right now. Yeah. And you know, when I can sit there and I I don't, I don't sell the get rich quick deal. I don't do that. You know, what I tell people when, when, when we do our live conferences, I say, if I can show you how to do six deals, in the next three years 
and make a million dollars. Are we good? Now, I'm not going to show you that to the third day because you won't understand how we got there if I did it right now. Right. At the end of three days. And so that's real. Mm -hmm. Because if I sit there and start doing an uh, Eddie Van Halen eruption solo and say, I'm going to teach you how to do this on the guitar. Well, that's not true. You know, <laughs> let's start off with, you know, chopsticks on the piano or something like that. So, right. And then what I'm saying is, look, yes, I don't need you to be me. But I, what I need you to understand is you can do it with these step-by-step -step processes. And so what you yep. said there is literally knowing who that person is, identifying who that is, that's who I'm talking to. I hear that. I hear what they're saying. Give them the tools and let them know that, you know, you'll take them by the hand and guide them through the whole process. And even yeah. with your you sell without selling, um, you know, there is a system for what you do, Stacey. I know it is. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And I hang out with a lot of the same people and it's not brain surgery. And what I did this weekend, um, almost to the point where, you know, there's, there's, you want to, you want to stop stressing out at night, right? You know, go away. What did, what did, um, uh, there was a book I read some time. He said, uh, slow down to go faster. Oh yeah. Uh, now it's going to bug me. Yeah. Um, so it, what it is, is yes, I spent six, seven hours going through this whole process, yep. but you know, I don't know about you, Stacey, but there's a lot of shiny pennies in my life, you know, <laughs> Me you too. Know I mean? <laughs> and so <laughs> when, when Oriana, my assistant has Sean, Sean, focus, focus, yep. this is what you're working on right now. You can do that later, you know, um, and it helps, you know, it helps to, you know, what are the, what's the low hanging fruit? What are the things that can kick the can down the road? And, and when the people around you are clear on what they can do to help you, they want to hang out with you Yeah, because they don't have confusion in their life. Yeah. I have to tell you, success isn't about brain surgery. It's about mindset surgery. Yep. It really is. 100%. I, I, I'd like to go backwards before we go forwards. How's that? We're going to do a little Willy Wonka right now. Yep. <laughs> so, so in your bio, in your introduction, you're talking about general generational wealth and i'm and, not talking about money yeah exactly and and i i, I want to bring this back full circle for our listeners because thank you generational wealth is is that's that's big stuff that's that's legacy that's that's multiple generations impacting. And to have a vision like that, not everybody starting out has a vision like that, right? Some people just want to create a job for themselves and get by because COVID got rid of their job and corporate America got poked and realized it we can work with a yeah. lot less, right? So some people out there are in survival mode. And, and you know, you've been doing this for a little over three decades i've been i've been in my journey for success a little over three decades and i started when i was five oh well, yeah my first lemonade stand was uh, uh i was about five yeah my parents built me a stand and sent me an invoice <laughs> <laughs> i love your parents already <laughs> so i learned a lot about profit and loss and cost of goods and <laughs> And uh, then I learned how to go out and hire my brothers and their friends to go knock on doors and convince people they were the, thirsty. The, the, Tom, the Tom Sawyer of it all. Yeah. You know, have yeah. them paint the fence. Yeah. So, so when you first started out, because I can only speak for myself, when you first started out, 
what did success mean to you compared to uh, your your obvious partial definition of generational wealth today? There's got to be a difference in it. Or did you always start out that way? I wanted to make money. Um, that's it. Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, you know, I told you a little bit of my story off camera. I was in a real bad motorcycle accident and, um, you know, multiple surgeries in the hospital, um, you know, blah, 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 uh, you know. And uh, my mom was taking care of me. My brother was working at a dealership. He got me a job. I was really good at that. I thought, oh my goodness. You know, it was really, my mom graduated fourth of her class at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo after getting divorced with five kids and in architecture. And she worked her ass off mm. and she was pissed. Um, the first month I made probably twice as much money as she did. Wow. You know, working at the dealership. She wasn't mad. And not, and I don't mean that in that way. But oh, no, I, I get it. I get there was it. a moment in my life when I was in the car with my mom and we were, I, I, I could see the exit, Stacy, and we pulled off the highway and she said, she breathed deeply and she goes, I'm just tired. And I said, what are you tired of? She just, it just feels like the harder I work, the further behind I get. And that was my first glimpse at knowing that we were broke. Um, seriously, I did not know. I was probably 14 or 15. And I was like, holy crap. And, you know, because like you and I talked about with your kids, you know, they, you know, mindset wise, you knew that that probably wasn't. But, you know, she let it slip that way in a, in a moment. And I thought I'm never going to let that happen. Um, to the point that my brother said he used to find my signature on the back of his homework. Cause and I remember practicing my signature because I was going to be famous and I was going to make money. And so that was my main purpose. And then it was um, about four years into, I was doing really well. I started doing tax lien certificates my first year. Understand the year before that I was building my business as, as a broker. I didn't make very much money. People don't realize that as a investment advisor, you really don't start taking off until four or five years into it. It's really a, a hard work. Right. And, um, you know, I made over a million dollars my first year doing tax lien certificates. I didn't even have to pay taxes the year before that. Wow. Okay. And so I'm like, holy crap, holy. And then, you know, I'm like, you know, I need a car. I needed this. And, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Everybody. <laughs> right. And, and then about two years in my second year, I, we did 5 million. Nice. And, uh, my grandmother had to be put into a full facility care and, um, my aunts and uncles couldn't afford um, the cost of the facility. And so I pitched in in the little way I could, I know that I, I, a lot, you know, but I was, you know, did, did, did what I could. And it was at that moment that I realized, first of all, that my family didn't have money. And uh, secondly, it was why I was doing this. You know, let me tell you something, as you know, money doesn't solve problems. It just gives you options. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's all it does. And, you know, some of the things that I do, you mentioned about my photography, I do, I've traveled around the world um, well over 30 times. Um, I, I've gotten awards for my photography. My photography is an excuse. My reason is I love to be humbled when I get out there. I've met some incredible people around the world. Um, my, my sister, who's worked for me in the past one time, when I was down in Panama and the Darien working with some docs on doing some charity stuff down there, you know, I was down there for two weeks sleeping on a dirt floor um, people feeding me that didn't have the money to be feeding me, you know, I mean, just, you know, and she, and she said to me, and she, I had to make some decisions on something. And she says, <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, relax, we can get to this. And she's like, not everybody just spent a week in Panama. 
<laughs> and I was like, all right, well taken, well taken. But you know, really not losing that grasp on where it is. So your question mm -hmm. is, is what got me started? It was money. I needed to make money. And I think that that's a lot of people's, um, not so much my client base so much anymore. I think that a lot of them are, you know, they've bought into this whole thing, work a good job, make some money and save. And, you know, what do I say? I say your, your, your twenties are trying to figure it out. Your thirties are getting married. Your forties are having kids. Your fifties are trying to get rid of them. And then your sixties are going, what the hell happened? And how come I don't have any money, you know? Right. And so, um, you know, I, I, I deal with the people, my clients are the people that not necessarily are just trying to make money, but that that's, you know, where it's at is, but it's also what that does. Mm -hmm. What's that freedom? I always like to say this, Stacey, if you have enough money, whether that's a hundred thousand or a hundred million, yep. when you're making decisions based on what's good for you, because you want to do it and not because you have to do it. I love that. I absolutely love that. That's phenomenal, Sean. So, so, you know, for, for me, my journey of success looked like when I was laid off after 9-11 for corporate America, uh, I was certifiably unemployable. I mean, I was, I was in my, what was I? I was in my mid thirties. I was on a bad year, made about 300 grand on a good year, made about half a mil. And every job interview I went on, because let's face it, I went from an employee's market to an employer's market. And I was in the high tech industry. Mm -hmm. every interview I went on, uh, the, the, the people would look at me and go, I can't hire you. you you'd replace me and my boss in a week. Mm -hmm. And, and, or, or they would offer me an entry level job for a year, what I used to make in a month. Right. I realized being certifiably unemployable, I had to jump off the cliff and become a very reluctant entrepreneur because I was the sole provider for my family. And becoming that reluctant entrepreneur, I knew I was really good at sales, really good at leadership and really good at communication. My problem was I had nothing to sell, no one to talk to and no one to lead. So I had aligned with someone who had a really distressed failing business and built it to a multi-million dollar business and woke up one day with 16 cents in the bank and got sued the next day because my ex-business partner realized that I was going to sue and in our legal system, first strike count, uh, first strike clouds, the water, second strike, smoke and mirrors. Yep. So they sued me before I could sue them. And uh, it was an ugly four and a half years, you know, bankruptcy struggle. And I worked seven income opportunities. I figured there's seven days in a week. I'll, I, the military taught me to only sleep four hours a day. So I went 20 hours a day for an entire year, seven days a week, building, just, just bringing in money because my legal bills were like 40,000 a month. And um, anytime my company now, Pivot Point, started increasing in income, I would take that and I would get rid of the lowest paying other income opportunity and insert the hours to that. And, you know, it's when I really learned what grit was. I mean, the military taught it to me, obviously. The military taught me survival and, and situational awareness and, and all of that, which I wholeheartedly brought to entrepreneurism and building the company because there's a lot of similarities between 
a soldier, a battlefield soldier, and an entrepreneur. A lot of similarities. Well, well, and you just talk about grit. I don't know if you've read that book. It's a phenomenal yep, book. Um, I did. I, I'm I an did. avid. I've got dyslexia. I went to the first dyslexic dyslexic clinic in Santa Barbara hmm. when I was a kid, and I probably read more than than five of my friends combined. I'm I'm an avid reader, but you know that's what I mean by generational wealth. So let's yep. circle back to that. Is what yep. you just said right there, Stacey, Is generational wealth is is the habits. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can, there's a million things that my parents have passed on to me with what you just said, the grit, you know, you just do it. You yeah. get down, you know, somebody said, Oh, you've got such good discipline, discipline. This is what you do to make it happen. And, you know, <laughs> and as much as I've traveled around the world, you know, people, people that don't say, Oh, Americans are arrogant. No, we're, no, we're not. We're expectant. And the people that can travel around the world are the ones that they see when we go somewhere, you know, I've got properties in several countries and, um, you know, I remember one time I was putting money in a country and, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to buy a piece of real estate. And uh, they were like, where'd you get the money? (laughs) And I, you know, being an American, I'm I'm like, I have a job. (laughs) And, uh, Let's put it this way. This is in a country that Noriega came from, Panama. And, uh, you know, we're buying some beach property. And the, guy, and the lady says to me, well, you know, are you guys don't do drug deal with drugs and stuff like that. And, and, and when we're in this high-end bank with, you know, 40-foot ceilings. And I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? But yeah. that's what they were used to dealing with. Yeah, exactly. And, and then I had to go backtrack, go to my attorneys and they're like, oh, they're, you know, they don't do banking the same down here. And I have no kidding, man. And, you know, it's just, you know, I was like, well, why are they holding my money? They held my money for almost uh, 60 days uh, to verify things. And, and you wow. know, they'd be arrested here in the United States if that was yeah. Yep. And so we, we we're expected to do that. And so what I mean by generational is this, is that expectance. I'm expected as an American to pass that on to my kids. And here's the other thing. I get goosebumps even talking about this. Yep. We live in the best time ever in human history, period. In yep. the best country in human history, period. Agreed. All this BS that's been going on for the last two years about, you know, left and the right. I I just, I block all that out because it's just not true. We've got better technology than we've ever had. I've got more opportunity than I've ever had. I can talk, you and I can talk about 2001 when the trade centers went down and all the stuff that we're doing now that we couldn't even have done then what we're doing right now. And so you have a moral and ethical obligation as somebody in this country to take advantage of everything that's provided for you and make sure it's instilled in people underneath you that you have the most influence and that's your kids. Agreed. Absolutely. And my daughter knows damn well that she does not ask me for anything. If she wants something mm. from the store, she says, do I have enough money in my savings? Number one. And if she doesn't, she says, what do I have to do to earn it? It's just, and she thinks that's normal. And that's, yeah. that's generation. Yeah. That's generational. You know, when, when our youngest was, well, she would have had to have been eight, somewhere between eight and 11. I was speaking in front of a room of entrepreneurs, you know, 30, 40, 50 year olds. Uh, there were a little over a hundred people in the room. And this was my, it was my show. It was actually a, Your event. yeah, it was my, it was my event. It was a success boot camp. 
And uh, I made her come up. I made her come up. I, I gave her a mic and I had her talk for 10 minutes. She had no clue this was going to happen. And you and she had probably no problem either. She didn't. She didn't. And 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 it's funny because um, at the end of the event, she was surrounded probably by about 80 adults. And they all kept telling her how lucky she was that because of the way she thinks and on the way home she looked at me and she goes first mom no I'm mad at you <laughs> and I was like why are you mad at me and she goes you made me talk in front of people I laughed and she goes second I thought everybody thought the way we did yep and I said no honey they don't and that's our mission our mission it, well, I, the, the company mission is to transform the world one person at a time. We want to impact impact makers. All and you we can, can do, create yeah. a ripple effect mm. and giddy up. And, um, and I told her, you know, my whole belief system is leave a person, leave an environment better than what you found it. Yeah, that's what and, you can do. And the beautiful thing is when she turned 17, she told me that she wanted to work for me. And that she wanted to learn the business from the bottom up every area. And uh, I remember the first time that I had to fire her. It only took once. And I did. It was the hardest thing because she wasn't mature enough to really handle the position that she was in. And, um, you know, because I, I, I basically told her, I'm going to teach you how to be an entrepreneur early. I'm not going to give you a time clock. I'm not going to give you hours. I'm going to tell you, do the work that's needed to be done. This is what your position is. This is what's mandated. This is what needs to be done. Do it and do it on your time. And I well, said it to fail. I, and I think, Stacey, that a lot of people don't see that. Yeah. And so those are those people that are listening, um, you know, I, I really want you to understand you're not alone. You know, one of the things that drives me nuts about social media is the the BS of this oh, is my life. And, oh gosh. you know, people don't see the struggles. People don't see the, you know, maxing out the credit cards or, you know, all in. And I had somebody say, God, you just go all in on something. Well, I actually know what's going to happen on the other side of it. I have faith and confidence in that. And, yeah. And, you know, but people don't see that. People don't see, um, you know, when somebody told me to put books together and do this thing that I, I you know, I was like, okay, you know, I, at that point, I had to put everything together to make that happen, to get to that level, um, you know, while I was doing deals, while I was training this. And then when we put our first, you know, I put my first TV show together, you know, that was a half a million dollars that I had to invest in a TV show that I not, didn't know it was going to work. There was no YouTube out then, right? You know, any of that, any of that stuff. And so, you know, what people don't realize is there is no such thing as an under uh, overnight success. No. There's so many dynamic things that go in there. And this is the reason that, that you are here, Stacey, that I am here. Yeah. You know, the reason, you know, I can charge people what I charge them for my coaching is because there are people, my avatars that go, I know how long it took to get to where I'm at. And if I could go back in time and, and, and talk to my younger self and make sure I don't make the same mistakes, how much more quickly can I do it? And that those are who I'm talking. That's who I want. You know, as a client, that's who you want, Stacey, because yep. you need somebody that can recognize that and go, you know, somebody says to me, how much money do you spend on coaches and what have you? And, and um, well over six figures a year. And I have for the last eight years, I was tracking it. One, one year we spent $164,000. Um, uh, 
And I can take each one of those people that I hired, put a bubble around them and draw lines to the revenue that that created for me. Why would I not do that? Amen. You know, I got asked the other day why. So a quick story. Uh, Let's go backwards to early 90s. Uh, When I got out of the military, very, very first thing I was told by somebody I truly respected was hire a mentor. I didn't know what a mentor was. Right. Right. So and we sure the hell didn't have Google back then. (laughs) Right. So I went I, I stumbled into this event. I'll just call it the Godfathers of Professional Development. It was Jim Rohn, Bob Proctor and Brian Tracy. Oh, wow. And Brian um, Yeah. And I bought a VIP ticket. Mm-hmm. And I was in the front row and I remember Jim Rohn coming to the edge of the stage and saying, write down what you're going to make this year. And I did. No, he, he said, did. write down what you're going to make this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Almost exactly like that. And then, he, and then he turned around and said, write down 30% of that. So I did. And then he said, that's what you should be investing in yourself every year. 30% of what you make. And I have to tell you, I, I, I had the honor and privilege of working with him. I took that role and applied it to myself every year. And it's paid me back tenfold. I mean, somebody asked me, it had to have been like a month ago, how much I invest in coaching. I have a coach in every area of my life because there are blind spots in every area of my life. And I want somebody to help me navigate the the blind spots, expose the blind spots and hold me accountable because I too love shiny object syndrome. And um, (laughs) that's shocking. I know. Right. And there's just so much to do. And so little time to do it. Right. And, uh, you know, I figured out uh, last year was a little over $300,000. And they're like, why do you invest so much? You heard that I own two seven figure businesses and, six six figure businesses and i can promise you i am not self-made yeah <laughs> totally totally i mean let me tell you something I, if i'm not the dumbest guy in a room i need a new room i mean that's what i look at when i've joined the amen organization amen. so i'm going to tell you a funny coaching story so we're sitting i'm sitting i'm speaking in australia i'm getting some friends down there i'm in byron bay and i'm with a buddy of mine who's a cpa down there and byron bay is just absolutely it's like a mini santa barbara although i've heard it's gotten bigger and there's a little place just beyond that. There's only 28 homes and it's called what water goes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in Australia, it's called water goes. Mm-hmm. It, it, until I read the sign, I thought it was, you know, water goes, you know, you know, there's that Australian accent. <laughs> it's, it's this very spiritual place. This is where the Aboriginal went to for um, a bunch of events because it's the furthest point East of Australia. So I rented a house there for a couple of weeks. I was speaking and going back and forth into uh, the Gold Coast and and, uh, and I love surfing. You know, I get surfboard, my buddy loves surfing. So we're going down there and we go out the first time and we sit down the beach and he goes, Sean, you got a, you got a, a, a speaking coach, don't you? I go, oh yeah, Dr. Moyne, he's really good. Yeah. yeah, and he goes, you know, who does your financial stuff? I thought Keith Cunningham is my, oh yeah. He says, who's your co- surfing coach? And I looked at him, I go, that bad? He goes, yeah, I'm not really sure what you were doing out there. <laughs> But there was a surfboard nearby you. And I go, you know, and I just, I never thought of that. And so Stacey, I literally went back up into the house, got online. I found a surf camp in Costa Rica uh, called uh, 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 Surf Simply. I, I One week, 
And I knew I was in the right place when I got there. I mean, it was like, you know, several months later, but I got there. I was one of the first people that got there. And there was, there was a, 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 a big bottle of ibuprofen on the, on the counter that was halfway gone. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. So, so to wrap that up, um, so I go down there. I'm with a surgeon. She's an eye surgeon. Uh, Mary is. And we got a coach, a bunch of other people there at different levels. And I learned more in the first two hours without ever getting in the water than I had been trying to learn on my own. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I just didn't, I didn't associate it with all the coaching I'd have with that particular deal. In those first two hours before we got in the water, by the end of the week, I was paddling out on my own. Um, I've surfed all over the world with these guys, um, France, um, all over. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that is absolutely the definition of you need a coach. Yeah, absolutely. You, to, you know, I mean, because it, and it pays dividends in exponentially. It, it, in, in some cases, saved me. And I was in a very bad situation in Panama surfing one time. And um, because of what they taught me with safety situations, um, yeah, you know, I played water polo. I'm around water all the time. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. And I got caught um, in a uh, 15 to 18 foot swell coming in. Oh, wow. Everybody you got hit by that. a maverick. What's that? You got hit by a maverick. Big time. And, wow. and uh, let me tell you, get safety position, count underwater, look for yep. the light, all of those things. If you're a surfer out there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, kept calm, you know, all that stuff. So again, nothing to, you know, I'm not going to save your life when you come out and work properties with me, but um, uh, you know, those things are, it's, you know, a, a relative situation. You have to have people around you yeah. um, that can get you to another level. Yeah. Two, two comments to that. First, one of my favorite coaching movies is Chasing Mavericks. It's yeah. one of my fav- because it just really breaks down the fundamentals and the importance of, of needing a coach. And it's got a lot of great life lessons in it. And then second is the beautiful thing about coaches, and this is personally my experience, is they save, they save resources, time and money. And, you know, that, that is right. You can't put a price tag on it because so, I mean, here's my, my, you know, in my deal. So I have a company that sets up retirement accounts for people because of the fact that I self-manage retirement accounts and it's, um, uh, long story short, we teach people how to manage and be their own administrator so they can do real estate within their retirement account. Yep. And, and so, you know, it's 2010-ish, 11-ish. I'm sitting there talking with a client and they're, they're my avatar. They're 52 years old couple. Um, they're talking to me about their situation. Well, they've lost almost everything. You know, yeah. the downturn was just there and they're looking in, in me, you know, they're talking to me about this situation. I didn't realize that I had a little bit of a smile. And he goes, you know, Sean, we're pretty serious about this. And, you know, you're kind of smiling about this. And I said, you know, I'm really sorry. His name is Jeff. I said, I'm not, I'm not amused of your situation. Here's the difference. You can only see where you're at and I see where you're going to be. Nice. And you need somebody to guide you there because if you're standing in a pile of crap, that's all you smell. Yep. And I says, and I, I said, I'm just going to be real blunt with you. I know how long it took you to get to where you got before you lost your money. And they had a bunch of money in real estate. I said, here's the cool thing. He says, you've given me hope. And I says, yeah. I says, I've given you hope, but I've, no, I says, I've given you a strategy that you know can trip it right back to where you were 
in three years. Nice. Yep. And he and he goes, that's what I needed. And I go, that's it. I said, there is no get rich. There's no easy button. But what happens is, is the way you got to where you were pre-08 yep. is not the go forward here. And so with this vehicle and this education, you not, not only do you have hope, you've got a blueprint. Uh, yeah. That's what makes success simple is yeah. it's science-based. It's systematically based. If you try to do it alone, then... I remember when a, when a drill sergeant said, try to take this out of my hand. Any action can be the wrong action and trying is not action. And you know, the, in my humble opinion, there's no such thing as failure, it's only feedback. And what I mean by that is if you're willing to take the time to really grab the lessons and anything that didn't work and lessons are only about you, they're about nobody else but you. Right. When you're willing to grab the lessons on what didn't work, that's feedback. And you just learned a great way to never do it again. Yep. So go forward. <laughs> exactly. So Sean, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is what does selling without selling mean to you? Well, you kind of talked about it earlier. Um, don't try to force, you know, a round peg into a square hole. It doesn't work. You find out what the need of the client is and fill that need mm. and then give them what they need to make that happen. You said that earlier and you said it a little differently, but you know, part of my, I remember I had a client, a student of mine that came in and was helping out. They were really successful. And I actually had to say, I don't need you coming in here anymore. I said, Bob, the problem is, is you're teaching them what they need. And that's not what they need to hear right now, because I can't get them there without going here first. Yeah. So I says, until, until you grasp that concept right now, I've got what you need. And when you get over to this other side, I'll show you how to implement it. But when you start giving them this stuff over here, we've skipped a step, it confuses them. And yeah. so what I, my job is to find out where they're going, what they need, or um, uh, where they want to go, and then give them what they need in order to make that happen. And mm -hmm. if you start the opposite way around, it doesn't work. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So welcome to the random round. Sean, I believe that success leaves clues. And I like to ask- Boxers. <laughs> <laughs> See now, only only the older generation is going to actually understand the yeah. answer correctly. <laughs> yeah, I I I oh, wow, that just okay. So I believe that success leaves clues, and I like to ask our guest experts uh, a couple questions so that our listeners can extract the answers and apply to life if they feel it can really add value to them. So I have two questions for you. Question number one is, what's your morning ritual look like? Morning ritual is I get up at 4.30 mm -hmm. and um, uh, I go, I work out at five. Um, like I said, I've got a seven-year-old, so I need to be up and done with that before um, she gets up because I don't want to have that interrupt. That's my deal. Yep. And yep. after that, she's 100% in my responsibility. That means homework. That means mindset. That means everything. And I can never do that without that. Uh, once I do that, I, uh, I have a little um, speaker that I have on top of, I have a whole house sound, I don't want to wake her up, but I, I have a little speaker that's on top of my shower. I find something motivational to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk about Jim Rohn, we talk about all that stuff. Um, I do that. Mm -hmm. um, I get up, uh, make uh, her breakfast, 
get her clothes laid out. And somebody says, well, why would you do that? She needs to learn to do that. Uh, she's seven <laughs> and I like my routine. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And then yeah. we sit down, she eats. Um, she's usually by the table at the table at seven o'clock. I sit with her hmm. and uh, we go over what her homework is and make sure she knows it, go over her spell words. And then we'll have different conversations on what the day is going to be like and why it's going to be that way. Nice. I want her to identify what's going to make it awesome. Um, that's her moment that she can talk to me about anything that's happening at school. And I love the drive to school and back because these are these moments that she gets to share things with me. Mm -hmm. So that's my morning routine. Once she, I get back, actually, um, I meditate. I'm big on that. Um, that's a big deal for me. Um, meditation. And then I start the day. Yeah. Um, um, there's variations, a little bit of that. And I don't want anybody to think you have to get up at 430 in the morning. Those of you that are early people, um, people that aren't don't understand us. And that's OK. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you have to find your sweet spot. Yeah. And whatever that is, um, a lot of people say, well, um, you know, do you have a, an evening ritual? And I, I really don't mm -hmm. have an evening ritual, um, but I do have a morning ritual because I need to set myself. Now, one of the things I don't do, Stacy, is I don't get caught up. Um, I try to change it up. So if I see something that's not working or what have you, um, mm -hmm. I'm also big on putting things in front of me that I, um, that I want to do and make them easy to do. Mm -hmm. And moving things away from me that I don't want to do, habits that I don't want. So again, here's this thing that everybody thinks it's easy. I struggle with this stuff all the time. And so I found a couple of years ago that I was getting the habit of we have dinner um, and sit down at the TV and watch a movie with my daughter or whatever. And so I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. So I put the remotes in a place that we have to go get them. Yeah. That wasn't enough. Yeah. So I had to take the batteries out of the remote. <laughs> so the <laughs> act of even watching the TV required us to put the battery in. And then, then it became, you know, no, we're not going to be doing that. So all of a sudden bike rides and let's play catch and nice. you know, all that, that, all that other stuff get in the way. So again, don't be afraid to do this. So this goes back to how you drive to work. Why are you taking the same way to work every day? Why not see something different? Put something different in front of you all the time. It's going to yeah. give you a different perspective. If you show up at a conference, I know we haven't been for a couple of years, but, you know, don't sit at the same place. Don't you love this, Stacey? When somebody comes to your conference, they've never been to that ballroom, yep. but it's a three-day conference and they have to sit in that spot the same, you know, it's like, dude, you weren't even here before. So yep. move, sit next to somebody else. So, but establish those routines probably more than you needed, but that's, that's my thing. Wow, I'm really I big on those it. I absolutely love it. Thank you for sharing that. So let me ask you a second random round question. What is your favorite word and why? Wow. Okay. My favorite word and why? I don't know if it's a word. My favorite word is asking somebody a question at the end of their conversation. Mm. So I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I have got so many life experiences and I'm blessed to have been in situations and I can have, I got a story for everything. I mean, I got, I got a story of a guy that was, you know, drunk in his room and with his wife and having a great evening and he got up to go to the bathroom. She was passed out. And he went out the door and not knowing that it was not the bathroom door and he was in the hallway and couldn't get back in. I mean, it's a great story, right? And so it's easy for me to hijack a conversation. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and not listen. So I try to, what I call active listen. So why not let them tell me more about themselves? Mm-hmm. So my word is listen, listen first, tell your stories later. I love that. Yeah. I I like to tell people, listen to hear, avoid listening to respond. Oh my God. I love that. So (laughs) phenomenal. You know, Sean, I really appreciate you being on the show. I know what your schedule's like, and I I truly appreciate you allocating time for both myself and my listeners. If our listeners want to find you, reach out to you, connect with you, how can they? Well, there's a couple of ways you can go to uh, tax lien Academy. Uh, dot info, I-N-F-O. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got some new education going on there. You can go to my YouTube channel. Um, and I'm, like I said before, I've got a lot of content that I'm putting out there. I have actually a lot of fun with that. That is, um, uh, I had a lot of people saying that, you know, oh, that's a big commitment. And that I didn't, I haven't found it to be that way. It's real easy for me to, to spit out some content. I've got some really good people like yourself that I can reach out to and say, hey, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to have a session on some mindset. Stacy, let's talk for about 10 minutes on some things, because I think it's, I think this is so important what you're doing um, for people, you know, that, that, look, I can teach tax lien and tax deed properties all day long. Yeah. Why is it that the people spend one-on-one time with me? You know, cause I only allow a few people to actually do that. I can't, I can't, you know, as you know, you can't do it with everybody. Mm-hmm. And why is it year after year that those are my most successful clients? Yeah. You know why? Because of the education I give them is mindset. The tax liens come easily after that. Mm, I love that. I love that. Thank you. And so we've got taxleanacademy.info. What's your YouTube channel? YouTube channel is just Sean, S-A-E-N, Higgins.com or whatever that is, dot whatever. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So if you you search Sean Higgins and it's Sean, S-A-E-N, you'll find him on YouTube. I so appreciate you, Sean. Hey, for our listeners, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I'd love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to hop over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's hop over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Second, now jump over to Instagram and follow us at the Stacey O'Byrne. That's jump over to Instagram, follow us at the Stacey O'Byrne. And then last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and get feedback on these episodes to help make this show more valuable to you and for you. You know, we're all about helping you out so that you can make your impact on the world. Jump over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacey. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacey. Let's get a 15 minute call on the schedule and always remember this choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.